Let me encourage you to take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1 this morning. Proverbs chapter 1. It's great to be able to honor our graduates this morning. Graduating from high school is often seen as, as that transition into adulthood. And it, it's a big step because you were moving from being under your parents' authority. Oftentimes you're moving from living in your parents' home, um, being paid for by your parents, all of those things. And now you're stepping into adulthood. And there are some of our graduates that already have their future mapped out. They know what they want to do next year. They know what they want to do in five years. They know where they want to be in 50 years. There are others of our graduates that have no clue where they're going to be next year, much less 50 years from now. But the truth of the matter is that really doesn't matter because if you just trust God and you surrender to Him, He will guide and direct your life and He will show you where you need to be as you walk daily with Him. But this morning, what I want to do is talk to our graduates and to each and every one of us about, about something that I believe is very important if we're going to have success in life, that's very important if we're going to ever see our dreams fulfilled, it's very important if we're ever going to live the life that God created us to live. You see, I, I believe with all my heart, the thing that we're going to be talking about today is perhaps the third most important thing that we need for all of those things. After fearing God and after gaining wisdom, learning to live a disciplined life, I believe is the most important thing that you can ever do. But the question is, what is discipline? In Scotland, during the early days of flying and aviation, there was this stunt pilot who was selling rides to people, And he would take them up in his plane and he would fly them around. And there was this old farmer who came to where the stunt pilot was. And he was dead set against paying for his wife to fly on the plane with him. He felt like that he should be able to pay just one price for himself. And his wife should be able to ride free. And so he and the stunt pilot argued and argued and argued. And finally, the stunt pilot said this, okay, if you can go through this entire flight... Without uttering a single word, I will let you and your wife fly free. But if you say a single word, then you have to pay double what it normally costs. And so that old farmer agreed to it and, and he and his wife got in the back of the plane. The stunt pilot got in the front and he proceeded to take off. And he began to do all kind of things in that plane. Twisting and turning and turning over and diving. All kind of things. As a matter of fact, he was making moves in that plane that would scare the, the bravest of people. And yet, that old farmer never uttered a single Word. Finally, after doing everything that he could do as a pilot, the old pilot landed and, and he began to talk to the farmer. He said, I cannot believe that you never uttered a single word while I was flying. I mean, the moves that I was making, they even frightened me. And you didn't say a word. I've got to congratulate you. And the old farmer said, well, thank you. There was one time that I was about to to say something. And, and the pilot said, well, when was that? And he said, well, it was when my wife fell out. <laughs> now, that's not the kind of discipline 
we need in life. But that is one kind of discipline, isn't it? Well, the Bible speaks of discipline over and over from Genesis to Revelation. We, we read about this subject, discipline. Solomon wrote about discipline 19 times. Sometimes the word is translated discipline. Other times it's translated instruction. Sometimes it's translated self-control. When you read through the book of Proverbs, you discover that this topic, discipline, is discovered in every single chapter. You can't read a chapter in the book of Proverbs without realizing that, that Solomon is writing about living a disciplined life. Now, I want you to listen to what he says in Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 3. He said, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom, and, and don't miss this, discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring, listen, a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. Now, that's one of the passages that I want you to post today because the book of Proverbs is all about helping us attain wisdom and discipline in our life. If you will simply apply the principles that are found in this book, you will live a more disciplined life. I am convinced that discipline is, is one of the most needed qualities in our world today. And yet at the same time, it is one of the least pursued. A lack of discipline can literally kill us. This is how Solomon said it in Proverbs 5. He will die for lack of discipline. <laughs> Let me say that again. He will die for lack of discipline. Let us stray. By his own great folly. Now that's the other verse I want you to post. I want you to tweet. He will die for lack of discipline. A lack of discipline will literally kill you. Too often students who drop out of school. Husbands and wives who seek a divorce. Church members who quit serving and attending church. Employees who, who quit work. Do so because of a lack of discipline. Our overcrowded prisons, our, our alcohol and drug problems, our sexual promiscuity, our, our struggles with weight are all symptoms of a lack of discipline in our society. Words like sacrifice, restraint, self-control, discipline are unpopular words in our day, but I am convinced that unless we learn discipline, we will never experience the life we desire. But what is discipline? Now, when the Bible speaks about discipline, it, it speaks of discipline in, in three different ways. There are three types of discipline. First, there is discipline from above. In Proverbs 3, verse 11, Solomon said, My son... Do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke. The author of Hebrews said it this way. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. 
You see, the Bible makes it clear that the Lord disciplines those he loves. When we get off track, when we, when we begin to head in the wrong direction, when we turn our back on the Lord, he will often discipline us to get our attention. Now, for some of you, I know right now, that thought is giving you heartburn. You don't like the idea of a God who disciplines us. I, I mean, you want to think about God as just this loving grandfatherly God who is never going to do anything in a disciplinary way toward us. And yet, let me ask you a question. For you that have children, how many of you have disciplined your children? I would say that every loving parent in here has disciplined their children. And you didn't do it because you were mean-spirited. You didn't do it because you hated them or you despised them. You did it because you loved them and you were seeking to protect them. And the same thing is true with God. When we as God's children rebel against God, God will discipline us to bring us back to himself. But understand, discipline isn't punishment. Discipline is to bring us back to God. Discipline is to get our attention. Now, if we are not experiencing, hear me, if we are not experiencing the loving discipline of our Heavenly Father when we rebel against Him, it may be evidence that we don't actually know Him. Let me say that again. If we do not experience the loving discipline of God when we rebel against him, when we go against his word, it may be evidence of the fact that we don't actually know him. Because God will discipline those he loves. So there's discipline from above. And then next there is discipline from others. In Proverbs 29 verse 17 it says, Discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. In Hebrews 12, verse 7, it goes on to say, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? You see, this kind of discipline can come from a parent. It it can come from an employer. It can come from a teacher or, or a principal. It can come from a church. It can come from government authorities. This is discipline from outside. When I was growing up, I experienced discipline from my parents. When I messed up, when I did not listen, I may have been put in time out. I may have been put on restriction. I may have gotten switched. I received discipline from them. When I was growing up and I acted out in school, I know that's hard for you to believe, but when I acted out in school, I received discipline. There were times that I had to go into um, discipline after school. We had, I don't forget even what it's called now, detention, I guess. And, and you would have to stay there for an hour after school. I hated that. There were times when I was growing up, you could still paddle a student. And I got to tell you, I got very well acquainted with our high school principal on several occasions as I received a paddling. And then there are times that I got disciplined by being, um, I couldn't go to school for a couple of days 
because of some things that I did. I received discipline from these teachers and I received discipline from the principal. There are times that I've been disciplined by authorities. I've never gone to jail, but I've got pulled over. And that is no fun. And I got to tell you, at 55 years old, and I'm riding down the road, and that blue light comes on, it still puts the fear of God into me. And when I pull over, I sit there with my seat back, and, and I put a smile on my face, and I say, yes, sir, no, sir. And if it's a lady, I say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, because God has put those authorities in our life to protect us. And understand, there are times that that authority can be abused. There are times that it can be misused, and, and we should always guard against that, and we should always fight against that. But we need to understand that God has established authority for our good, and we need to both submit to and respect the authorities that God has put in our life. If we don't learn that truth, we will most likely experience a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache in our life. So there's dis discipline from above, there's discipline from others, and then there is discipline from within. In Proverbs 25 verse 28, it says this, Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self Control. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks inner discipline. Paul said it this way in 2 Timothy 1. He said, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and of self-discipline. This is when we, through self-control and, and the power of the Holy Spirit, say no to those things that are sinful or or harmful, and we say yes to those things that are helpful and constructive. Later on in this letter that Paul was writing to Timothy, he said this. He said, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Exercise discipline in your life. And so let's look at discipline for just a few minutes if we can. First of all, what is the purpose of of discipline. Why do I need it in my life? And I am convinced that there are a number of different benefits for, for getting discipline in our life, but I want to give you four if I can. The first one is this. Discipline protects us against laziness. When we begin to live a disciplined life, it protects against laziness. In Proverbs 13 verse 4, it says, the sluggard craves and gets nothing. But the desires of the diligent, the disciplined, are fully satisfied. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a slug? Now, now I'm getting to that age right now. When I was younger, I wasn't this tenderhearted and as sensitive. But, but I'm getting to that age where I like all animals. I mean, some of you make fun of cats. We got a cat. Don't make fun of cats. Cats are just precious creatures. Even, even when they... Even when they claw you, nibble at you, they are. But, but if you've ever seen a slug, I, I've got to tell you, I don't like slugs. They're hideous. They're nasty. They're ugly. They're slow. And they leave a mess wherever they go. 
And when I thought about that, a slug, I thought that's kind of like a lazy person, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're slow. They leave a mess wherever they go. Now compare the sluggard, that person that is living kind of like a slug, to what Solomon says about the ant. In chapter 6, he says, go to the ant, you sluggard. In other words, quit just moping around, leaving a mess wherever you go. Quit acting like you're hideous and look at the ant and learn. And then this is what he says. Consider its ways to be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. And yet it stores its provisions in summer. It gathers its food at the harvest. You see, an ant instinctively gathers its food and stores it up so when there is no longer any harvest to get, it will still have food. In other words, they don't have to have someone telling them what to do. They don't have to have a commander watching over them, keeping them on track. They live a disciplined life. Now, hear my heart. Unless we are disciplined... We will be lazy at worst. We will be disorganized at best. And we will never reach our full potential in life. And so we've got to guard against laziness. Now the next benefit of of discipline is a byproduct of, of, of this. And that is it keeps us from poverty. Because laziness oftentimes... Results in poverty. I want you to listen to what it says in chapter 13, verse 18 of Proverbs. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. But whoever heeds correction, correction is honored. Not corruption, correction is honored. Proverbs 10, verse 4. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. Now the truth is, and we can argue this, we can debate it, but it's the truth. There are some people who are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They are. They are born to a certain family. They are born with certain opportunities that that other people don't have. And they are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And there are other people that are born with a variety of obstacles before them. But here's what I've come to understand. Discipline will overcome almost any obstacle we face. You see, we can have these obstacles in life and we can see them as roadblocks and obstacles that we have to go around and move over or we can use them as excuses. Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, is a good example of of someone who overcame circumstances. He grew up in in a single parent home. He grew up in abject poverty, but now he is a U.S. senator. When he was in high school, he worked at a Chick-fil-A, while he was studying hard in school and playing sports. He got a partial scholarship to college to, to play sports. He graduated from college, and he became one of the most successful all-state agents in the state of South Carolina. Became a U.S. representative, and now he is a U.S. senator. Born in poverty, was a single mom trying to do her best to raise him, but he did not let his circumstances keep him from achieving his goals in life. Now, there is story after story of people 
who've had to scratch and claw for everything they've gotten, and yet they've worked hard, and because of discipline, they are now living the life they want. So discipline will guard against laziness. Discipline will protect us or keep us from poverty. Third, discipline guards against overindulgence. Proverbs 23, it says, Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkens and gluttons become poor and drowsiness closes them in rags. And I know some of you are waiting. When is he going to preach that message he talked about last week on alcohol? It's coming. It's not coming today, but it's coming. But this passage does relate to overindulgence. And the fact of the matter is we are a nation of overindulgers, aren't we? I mean, we eat too much, we drink too much, we sleep too much, we watch too much TV. We do practically everything in excess. And the Bible teaches that discipline can guard against overeating. Discipline can guard against drunkenness. Discipline can guard against all of these overindulgences in our life. But then finally, discipline will give us strength against sin. And Proverbs 6 says, My son, keep your father's commands, for these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way of life, keeping you from the immoral woman. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. How do we say no to the temptations that the world continually puts before us? How do we say yes to the godly habits that, that, that God wants us to develop in our life? How do we keep going when we feel like giving up? We develop discipline. It takes discipline. And so how do we get it? What is the path to attaining discipline? Let me give you several things here. The first thing is this. You've got to decide. You've got to make a decision. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to live a disciplined life. You see, if you're not disciplined, I want you to hear me. It's because you don't want to be disciplined. You can blame it on your personality. You can blame it on your upbringing. You can blame it on your ADD. You can blame blame it on a host of other excuses. But the truth of the matter is, if you're not living a disciplined life, it's because you have made the decision, it's not important enough to me to become disciplined in life. Now, I'm not saying it's not hard work. Discipline is hard work. There's no shortcuts to discipline. There's no easy way to become a disciplined person. Discipline requires effort. The the New Testament word for discipline is gemadzo, which is the word that we get our English word gymnasium from, gym from. It means to train. It means to exercise. It's hard work. My daughter and and son-in-law have a good friend in Lynchburg. He works for Liberty University. His name's Bubba. Bubba Way. And Bubba's a good name for Bubba because Bubba was a big, big boy. He weighed over 600 pounds. He has lost over 300 pounds already. How did he do it? Well, the first step is he made the decision, I'm going to become disciplined 
and lose weight. You can read Bubba's story. It's, I think it's Bubba Wade. If you just Bubba Wade's blog, you can go and find his story where it's chronicling the last two years of his life, how he's lost all of this weight. How did he do it? He made the decision, I'm going to do it. Here's the next thing you've got to do. You've got to make a decision. Second, you've got to develop a purpose. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is your goal? What is your aim? What is your purpose for becoming disciplined? Now, for Bubba, it was life. He went to his doctor. He was about 26 years old, 27 years old, weighing 600 pounds more or less. And the doctor said, Bubba, you're not going to make it to 30. I mean, his weight had affected his blood pressure and so many other things. And here he was. And, and this is what Bubba said. He said, I had no plans for life after 30. Because I just didn't think I was going to live that long. But he made the decision and then he developed a purpose. I don't want to die. You got to have a purpose for why you're going to become disciplined. It, it may be to get a better job. It, it may be to save for a future, to have the future you want. It may be to get healthy. It may be to change the world. I, I don't know what your purpose is. But if you're going to be disciplined in life, you've got to have a purpose. The third thing is this. You've got to discover your weaknesses. Each of us have them. We have areas of our life where we're more vulnerable, where we are less disciplined. For, for you, you will never have victory over the weaknesses in your life until you identify those weaknesses. As long as you sit back and say, that's not a problem for me. That's not a, a weakness for me. That's not a struggle for me. You're never going to have the discipline you need to have victory in that life. There are some of you that are addicted to pornography right now. And you're never going to get set free because you aren't admitting it's a problem. And until you admit it's a weakness, you're never going to have victory. There are some of you that well, let's just be honest. You're drunk. Now, you're not drunk right now. But what I mean by that is, you know what I mean. You can't control it. You can't handle it. And it's controlling your life. I mean, you're longing. You're waiting for that next drink. And the problem is, you haven't admitted, I've got a problem. There are some of you that you may not be as bad as Bubba. But your indulgence in eating and eating unhealthy is killing you. And you're going, hey, you're trying to make it spiritual and funny. You're saying, hey, what God has called clean, let no man call unclean. <laughs> and you're laughing all the way to the morgue. Because you've refused to admit, I've got a problem, I've got a weakness. And until you admit that, you're never going to be able to get a handle on that. Discover your weakness. Next, do the little things. A disciplined life is a lifestyle. When we become disciplined in one area of our life, it helps us to become disciplined in other areas of life. So we start with the little things in life. For instance, for young people, listen to me, young people. Hang up your clothes. Pick up your dishes. Your parents aren't your servants. Make up your bed. Take your dirty clothes to the laundry. 
Now, I know that there are um, workers with children and there are all kind of counselors. And I believe even James Dobson says this. They say, let them do what they want to with their room. Listen, we've got a nation of people who have no discipline because they've never learned discipline. And if you want to become disciplined in work, you need to be disciplined in life. And you need to start being disciplined in those little areas of your life. So do the little things. Once you do the little things, you'll find the bigger ones become easier. Next, determine a plan. Plan the use of your time. Don't react to circumstances. Decide on a course of action that you're going to take to become more disciplined. It may be getting up. 30 minutes earlier. It may be um, cutting down your TV watching. It may be setting up a daily schedule. It it may be starting by doing a 10-minute devotional in the morning, but you've got to determine a plan. How am I going to become disciplined? If you don't have a plan, it's not going to happen. And And then next, don't give up. I know it's a cliche, but winners never quit and quitters never win. And I know that's cliched, but it's true. If you fall off a horse, what do you have to do? You got to get back up on it, don't you? You got to get back in the saddle. Eventually, if you keep on keeping on, you will discover that you're developing those good habits that you need to live a disciplined life. And then finally, desire accountability. If you want to be more disciplined, you must be accountable to someone else. Self-discipline is good. But most of us need outside influences to help us. And the tragedy is, and look at me, the tragedy is most of us are too proud to admit our weakness so that we can have the accountability so that we can develop the discipline. It it, it may be in a small area of our life, it may be in a big area of our life, but we're so proud. What is someone going to think if they know this? And we live our life in secret, never getting the discipline we need, never getting the accountability because we're proud. Not an arrogant proud, but an embarrassed proud. We've got to develop accountability. Now, there's one final thing, and we're going to close this up, and that is the problem with discipline. You say, Rocky, you've been talking about discipline, and discipline is is perhaps the third most important thing we need in our life. Apart from fearing the Lord and apart from wisdom, we need discipline. We need to live a life of discipline. You've talked to me about the benefits of discipline, and you've told me how to begin to develop discipline in my life, and now you're telling me there's a problem with it. Yes, there's a problem with discipline. You see, it's possible for a person to achieve discipline in life And bypass God altogether. Let me say that again so that you don't miss it. It's possible for a person to achieve discipline in their life and bypass God. You say, how can you possibly say that? Well, let me give you an example. AA. Alcoholics Anonymous. Great organization. Their their 12 principles, their 12 steps are incredible. It was started by by a a religious group. The key was to get people focused on the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and how he could set them free. But now we've moved from, from our focus on God to our focus on our higher power. And here's the thing. Our higher power can be anything in life. 
He can be anything, anyone, everything, everyone. And, and there are people who are alcoholics who through self-will and self-discipline never take another drink. And there are people who, who have cheated on their spouses who make the decision, I'm going to change the way I'm living. And they do. So you see, I can become disciplined in life and bypass God altogether. But here's what you need to understand. No amount of discipline will make a sinful heart holy. It may change the way I'm living on the outside. It may give me victory over harmful habits. It may give me the power to establish good habits. But no amount of discipline is ever going to make a sinful heart holy. Listen to what Paul said in Colossians 2. He says, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual, and that is the sinful indulgence. You see, no amount of discipline can change my heart. It, it can change my actions. It can change my, my habits. But it's not going to change my heart. It, it may allow me for, for a moment to escape from a habit that I need victory over. But it will never give me victory over my broken nature. It, it may cause my life to, to seem to be much more smooth as I walk through life. And, and yet in the end, I can live this disciplined life and, and miss God altogether. You see, only a relationship with Christ can change the heart. And that's a supernatural thing. It's not something you do. It's something He does. He changes us from the inside out. And when He changes us from the inside out, hear me, we're going to have a desire to live a disciplined life, but not to gain heavenly brownie points because we can't. Not to earn God's favor because we can't. Not to get us closer to God because we're as close to God as we're ever going to get. He loves us with an unconditional love. But the discipline helps us live that life that is honoring to Him. That discipline allows us to, to live in such a way that we can live in victory and not in defeat. And, and so regardless of who you are, for you that are not yet graduating, and graduation is something that you're looking at in the future, for those of you who are graduating this week, for those of us who have already graduated and we're well into our lives, maybe we're even in the twilight of our life. We need to learn to live a disciplined life. And regardless of how young we are or how old we are, there's never a time that we can't start. So regardless of who you are, how old you are, where you are in life, you can make the decision to be disciplined. 
And then through God's help, you can. But understand, discipline in and of itself isn't going to change your inside. Only God can do that. And so if you're here, and Jesus has never given you a new heart. He's never changed you on the inside out. From the inside out. You, you don't live your life with a holy desire to please him. There's not something within you that longs to live in fellowship with him. If you don't have that, then chances are you don't know him as your savior, Lord. And I want to encourage you, if, if his spirit is convicting you this morning, to surrender yourself to him, to humble yourself before him, give your heart and life to him, and, and realize that in the end, self-effort is not going to get you anywhere. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin, it, it did leave this crimson stain, but he, Jesus, he washes it white as snow. He changes us from the inside out. So if you're here and you need Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. I want you to bow your head right now and close your eyes. With your head bowed and with your eyes closed, if you're here and you've never made that decision to give your heart and life to him, then right here, right now, and I encourage you to humble yourself before him. You can pray this prayer. Dear God, please forgive me. I've lived life my way. I've lived as if I were God. I'm so sorry. I know that that is sin, rebellion. Forgive me. I believe you love me. I believe you died on the cross to take my sins away. I believe you rose from the grave, defeating sin and death. Today, I'm surrendering my life to you. Take control. I'm yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Now, with your head still bowed, your eyes still closed. If you're here and say, Rocky, I, I know Jesus. He's changed my life, but I am so undisciplined. And it's destroying me. Or it's limiting me. And you desire to make a commitment today to live a disciplined biblical life. Then I encourage you to pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that my lack of discipline is at the very least not wise. At worst, it's sinful. And it will always lead to sin. Forgive me for making excuses. Today, I'm making the commitment to begin to live a disciplined life. I'm going to take the steps I need to take to live out, to flesh out discipline. Give me the courage. Give me the humility. Give me the strength so that I can please you. I pray this in Jesus' name.